Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week, the guys talk about the eight armed drug dealers, replacing sex with hugs, and LJ goes against every instinct he has to try to sell Kevin on the Raiders. Fitzmagic, Parlay Killers, Tiger's Big Win, and more. This week on Just Press Play. The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Okay. I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. You like apples? All right, welcome back to another episode of the JPP. We got we got LJ back. LJ's back. What up? Pops is joining us as always. What's going on, guys? What up? What up? Hey, not much. You know, What's up with you? Hanging out. Yeah, man. It has been. It's been a wild Sunday. Uh, Tiger wins a tour championship for his first victory in oh, oh, over eighteen hundred days, or since two thousand thirteen, and still uh, getting, didn't get the final presentation at that. Did you see that? What do you mean, Justin? Uh, is it Justin Leonard? Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Justin I didn't get Rose. To, I, I was watching football. I'll cop up. I was watching football. Well, he won like the FedEx Cup in the. I don't know exactly. I need to look, but I, I'm assuming that's kind of like winning the Winston Cup was in NASCAR. Yeah, you know yeah, where he's yeah. he's he wins scored the-, the best over the whole PGA year. So uh, anyway, he won the final hmm. prize, which was the FedEx Cup, which was actually bigger than that tournament. But God, what a win for for Tiger! And I don't know if y'all saw him walking up the 18 green. By oh the way. my gosh, I was about I, to I mean, mention it. it was insane. No, oh, you, we'll have to put that on the website. It was insane. I mean, he was. He said I was trying not to get trampled, but I mean, it was. You should have seen everybody following him walking. It looked like he, and at one point he was walking through. It looked like Tiger was going to have to part the Red Sea. There were so many people. It, wow. and they pulled like an aerial view. I guess like a drone was up top. It was so cool. And it just shows you there's only a few athletes in my lifetime that can pull off just the the amount of care by everybody in the whole world that Tiger can pull off. And it's just, it's wild. I I would be willing to bet. I don't know what the ratings would be. Like the, the, the first round of games are really good and there's a lot of good matchups. But if you look at the second round of the NFL games and then who all turned over to Tiger Woods, I bet Tiger Woods and the PGA Tour was way up there. Because, I mean, Twitter, that's all Twitter was talking about. It was insane. So good it for Tiger. Man, that's got to be why it's tough to win after a hiatus, too, because the amount of pressure that's on him to, to finish up, like, that's, I mean, that'd be tough. Well, and I think but, you might have to correct me, but I want to say when they were giving him the, they gave him like a putter or a, a, a pitching wedge or something was the trophy. But they said for your 82nd, I think, PGA win, and he hadn't won in a long time. So just think about that. How many? Yeah, I think this was 80 won. or 82nd. It was it was right at around 80. And wow. so that's how many Jesus. he has, and he hasn't won in five years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's insane. Uh, wow. That's ridiculous. Uh, he's he's an, so He's insanely talented. 
So and then in the in the NFL, uh, the Dolphins are three and zero. Patrick Mahomes is rewriting the record books. The Browns won a game. The Bills, I what I don't yeah. know. The, the, the Vikings Bills. just forgot they had a game. <laughs> John Gruden hasn't won a game in over a decade still. I mean, it is just insane. And this is only week three. It's been a wild, wild, just real quick. I want to get into like just kind of some rapid thoughts uh, on the NFL. And I will say one thing, one of my favorite things to do when watching, I watch Red Zone Channel and as as many people out there do. And one of the best things is like, I love the little game I play inside of my head when they, they pull up and Siciliano comes up and there's some background music. And in the two seconds of knowing where the field position is, his tone of voice and the background music behind it, trying to decide, is this going to be a pick, a touchdown, yeah. a yeah, close touchdown? Fine. Like, what, okay. what's coming up? What's happening here? And that's like, fine. one of them was Patrick Mahomes throwing it deep. And I was like, ooh, another deep touchdown. And then it was, uh, he barely overthrew him. So it's just, yeah. it's a little game I like to play. But uh, that's awesome. I, real quick, what, Dad, what'd you take away? What was, what was something that you noticed on, uh, on the game I, today? I think one of the biggest surprises to me was Minnesota. I mean, I think I picked Minnesota last <laughs> week as a, they were who I thought they were. A good, solid team, going to make the playoffs. Yeah, same. And then, well, and I think both. we've all collectively written off the Bills. It's like maybe they won't win a single and then game. Almost got I shut was, out. Okay, I didn't say anything about the Bills, but they almost got shut um, out by the Bills. I mean, it was whatever thirty or twenty-seven to nothing until late in the game. I know, Dad. Me and you both have Kirk Cousins starting this week, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you think Vontae Davis, is Vontae Davis like calling him back now? Like maybe I retired one half too early. Like maybe I should have stuck around. No kidding. (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe so. I'm telling you that rest in peace to a ton of survivor pools. I mean, I bet that was like the hot survivor. Thank you for lobbying that up for me, Kevin. Do you know who won the survivor pool in our league? Uh, You're looking at him, guys. I had. There we go. So today, first, the first week, many of them took. Uh, New Orleans over Tampa Bay. So they're out. So this week. Because they didn't realize that Fitzmagic. They didn't realize Fitzmagic, you know, where's Deshaun Jackson's clothes. And it's so cool. (laughs) And then, so this week, everybody took Minnesota over Buffalo. Reasonable, except except the kid here. The kid here took Kansas City over San Francisco. And uh, the kid. (laughs) The kid. The kid took. (laughs) And so, yeah. Well, so I was thinking about that game. And that was funny. I'm not going to sit here and act like I was, you know, betting on the Bills to cover or or taking the Bills at all. That was just one of those games I was staying away from. One, because the point spread was 16 and a half. It was in Minnesota. As as you mentioned, Dad, at least me and you, or at least I, have been writing off the Bills and said they're just trash, awful, worst thing I've seen this year. But it's just that point spread was high, and I kind of thought, Maybe with this whole uh, Vontae Davis retiring and at halftime, there's this whole like Bills us against the world and the Dolph. I mean, and the Vikings have to be thinking, you know, they're still kind of let down that they've tied against the Packers yeah. and we'll just come in and get a win real quick. They have a big game coming up on Thursday against the Rams. Mm-hmm. So I could see them overlooking it, but they, they didn't overlook it. They just didn't show up. Right. Like dad said, they, they barely got a touchdown at the end of the game. Well, and I must, that was rough. That was wild. The reason I, I didn't pick them, Kevin, is because I thought I want to use Minnesota later. I kind of thought there were just some other games. You know how you do in a survivor league? You, you get to use a team one time. So it wasn't like yeah. I saw this let Well, down that would be the, that you would think that would be the game to choose. I understand why people went Vikings over Bills, but another, another hugely disappointing game that the Jags, it shows, it goes again to what we said before. 
about the Jags Patriots last weekend. I think clearly that was their Super Bowl, and they lost to the Titans today, nine to six. Wow. When Gabbert started and got hurt, and they brought in Mariota, came back, and apparently he can't feel in three of his fingers on his throwing hand. I mean, it was it was a very very bad game compared to what you saw from the Jags last week. And I think clearly they just they put it all on the line last week. And wow. Kind of walked through the motions, but it's just letdown games that had to, that killed some parlays. Those two games right there killed some teasers and parlays. That was that was bad betting games. Yep. But what uh, is it? Did I hear Jimmy G? Is Jimmy G out? Um, so I saw that he got game, hurt. That game leg. in general, that game was fun to watch. It didn't. It never kind of got close enough to where you wanted to. But just the schemes of watching guys run wide open. Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are just masterminds. It was crazy seeing these little tight end throwbacks. But yeah, late in the game, uh, Jimmy G, and it wasn't one of these roughing the passer plays. Jimmy G was running out to the left and just. Well, I mean, it probably was if a different ref was there. You never yeah. know. Those are always. Well, that's be. the problem. So you, we'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but you can't tackle the quarterback. And really, you can't not tackle him either because Jimmy G got hurt because no one tackled him. So you, I don't know what we're going to do with him, but. He t- he took a he took like a false step and his knee just kind of buckled a little bit and mm. as of t- this mm. is Sunday afternoon Sunday evening Kyle Shanahan is says the team fears that it's a torn ACL we'll see on the team the MRI Monday so and there's something wrong with bummer. the San Francisco strength and conditioning coaches or something like well Brady came back in the there. game but yeah but, but yeah that still. just Jimmy G getting hurt that, there was so much excitement for the 49ers and and Shanahan yeah. and Garoppolo yeah. and to lose him for the year, really. It, it's it's why we don't want to lose quarterbacks, but it is football. Guys are going to get hurt when they get tackled, and when they run, it just kind of happens. Yeah. But also, in that same game, it, this Pat Mahomes thing, I think it's a real deal. I don't think this is like a flash in the pan. This guy, is break. he just broke the record for most touchdowns in his first three games of the regular season. The, the Chiefs are, I think they broke the record, or they're at least right up there with the record of most touchdowns by a team in the first three games. What did games. he do today, Kev? I didn't. He's thrown to nine different receivers. What was I think three, three touchdowns today. Or okay. three, yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I think he's up to twelve now. So that would be. Uh, I think he had four today, week, right? so he has thirteen. He has okay, 13 okay. maybe thirteen. But I mean, but just a game. crazy but good game. We're still we're still calling it early. This is the Chiefs we're talking about. This is specifically the Chiefs thing is that they have these you know okay. four or five games. It's same as Fitz Magic. I mean, we'll see. But it's Andy Reid's calling great games in this first part of the series or season, and then we'll see what happens later. But well, so as far as like, if you want to try to say something, if you're saying let's call on like, are they Super Bowl favorites or are they Super Bowl contenders? I, I will say that defense can't stop a nosebleed, and that no. eventually is going to come back to bite them. You can't keep just scoring 40 every game, I don't think. But when you watch this team play, the way that they, there's so, so many weapons with Hunt and Hill, and then DeAnthony Thomas comes in, and then Kelsey and – well, they, they make each other better. Plays. I think that's the great oh, thing yeah, about the Chiefs yeah. is they're they're a swarm of ants. And so you try to triple cover Tyreek Hill and you've just left three weapons open. It's not like, you know, like the the Broncos have places you can you can target and take them out of the game. Uh, but the Chiefs, there's really no one thing you can take out of the game and feel comfortable from then on. You know, there's well, nothing. they ran up. They ran a play today, just to what you're saying, and it was just showing that the, how hard it must be to guard them. They ran one where uh, Tyreek Hill ran across the play through the flats, like he might be running like a little bubble screen, and Kareem Hunt did the same thing the other direction, and then Travis Kelsey basically just kind of turned around, and both both 
they the defense went sideline to sideline, and then Kelsey just turned around and got like a twenty yard gain on a little tight end middle screen. And those are throws where he doesn't have to doesn't have to do much. He just tosses it five yards, and then if you ever blow a coverage, he will. As, as people know, I mean, he can launch it seventy yards from his knees. So if you if you miss coverage, then he made Mahomes did make one throw L that he was rolling yeah. out to his right. And he had already like made a guy miss in the pocket, was rolling to his right, and put a ball on a oh, rope for about three yards in the rope, back yeah. of the, in the corner of the end zone. It was one of those, hey, like, there's only I'm a not few saying guys the cat's in the not NFL good. can make the throw. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that I think that they get overrated. He gets overrated. The Chiefs get overrated because every year, I think what they do is this this offense puts a lot of miles on your toes. And so by the time, you know, you start getting tired for the season, defenses are just coming together. And like, but I it's just, not one guy. He's thrown a touchdown in nine different players now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's those nine players are running 30 yards every single play. I mean, there's nobody that gets a playoff in that offense or else it doesn't work. Like, I think that that play, that type of playing is hard to keep up for the rest of the season. We'll see. I, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's terrible to watch as a Broncos fan, but it is really fun to watch. And I wouldn't mind seeing that team in a playoff game like that. Just that looks horrifying. Yeah. But it's just I, I have a hard time seeing how that does something different than the Chiefs have done in the past. You know, uh, that, those are all fair statements. Absolutely. I hear you. Yeah. And there there was that that fun game. Dad kind of mentioned it a, a second ago. I don't know if it was while we were recording earlier, but the, the Saints Falcons game during the during the first round, that game Back was and forth. Fan- yeah. I, I think since I've been watching football, uh, well, maybe not since I've been watching, but just since kind of the breeze went to New Orleans and Matt Ryan's been at the Falcons, that has been not only is it a good rivalry because it just they play each other twice a year and those teams seem to not like each other, but they're pretty often they're they're both been really good for the past seven mm-hmm. plus yeah. years, and those games are just so fun to watch. And Matt Ryan and Drew Brees both were putting on a clinic. Yeah. I mean, they were they just couldn't be stopped. And I think what was the final score ended up being like forty three thirty seven or something in overtime. Something like it, yeah. It was. I mean, that was wild. And and dad, I, dad picked Breeze. I think he wants Breeze to be his quarterback if he can pick one, just because Breeze is going to be a good hang. <laughs> but that. That little spin move he made, he was dead oh, yeah. in the rights with yeah. two tacklers coming on. And this isn't Cam Newton. I mean, this is Drew Brees. <laughs> and he gets this little spin move and scores to force overtime. It was a, a piece of work. It was beautiful. It was. Yeah. That's awesome. What did, did Dad, did you hear what he said after the game? Well, he said something about I, – I, what he, he kind of implied – I heard a little bit of it, Kevin. Did he imply he had a flag football team and he told them that he had a spin move and they wouldn't believe him? Well, he said now I it's think okay. he implied he implied that he he co- I think he was implying that he coaches a flag football team maybe with like oh, his okay. kid. I mean, if you, I'm sure everyone remembers Drew Brees' kid with the headphones in sure. the Super Bowl. That was five <laughs> yeah. five or six years ago. So he's probably about flag football age. And he said, "Man, I have a flag football team, and I've been trying to tell him to use the spin move, and yeah. no one wants to listen <laughs> to me. So now I'm glad I finally I have a spin move on tape I can show him." I'm sure there's plenty of spin moves, Drew. You don't have to show that one, but it was pretty sweet. I can't lie. Man, how cool would it be to be coached uh, like an eight-year-old flag football team being coached oh. by Drew Brees? Like that uh, would be. Well, you wouldn't even, re- would you even know how cool it is? You wouldn't even, I don't no, think you could fathom but how one day awesome you that would. Is. Hell, I'd go play on the team. <laughs> one day you would. <laughs> yeah. Are they looking for a center? Because I played a little center back in the day. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just picturing LJ playing center for like a youth playing football team right now. Oh my god, he was the only one who could do the shotgun. I mean, he was the only one of the. I mean, maybe the only center we could do the shotgun regularly. Plus, you know, Drew Brees' flag football team's going to need a shotgun yeah. center. So <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's right. I'd so, sign me up. Sign me up. 
So also in that game, Drew Brees uh, broke the record. He's, he broke the most completions ever by a quarterback in the NFL. He is now number wow. one. He passed, uh, I think he passed Peyton Manning. And, uh, or no, it was Favre. Favre far is two, Manning's three, Brady's yeah. four, he passed and Marino was five. I, you know, we don't mention him with the goats, and it's probably because of the rings that, that uh, Brady and Montana and some of the others have. But Breeze is so, I mean. Yeah. So he also, I mean, I think you're coming around. Watch. You're coming around. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and okay. then he, and he's he out there. Like well, that's hang. one of the things I think we, we like discount him a little bit because like he lost his job to Philip Rivers. And, uh, he, you know, that was such a weird thing. He lost where it due like, to injury, we're gonna take though. This. Now, he lost it due to injury. Well, which. he also was not this good there. Like, he was not this good in, in San Diego. Well, yeah, Drew Brees and – it's just like what Belichick and Brady have been. Peyton – I think Sean Payton's a great coach, but – and I think Brees is a great quarterback, but the combination of the two yeah. is a piece of art. They well, are, well, and they've done a really good job at building an offense around him almost every year, too, which is just – that that's a consistency in leadership that you don't see on very many teams. Even the Patriots have a hard well, time they, building a team around Brady. They didn't, they didn't really build a defense around him until <laughs> no. just here well, recently. No. It's, all, it's all offense for sure, but <laughs> – uh, but now my recollection on that's a little different. I, I think Breeze hurt his rotator cuff or something, had surgery. He did, yeah. Somehow uh, the Chargers got Phillip Rivers, who, who was they drafted a, a real quarterback. Yeah. Well, traded him with the Giants. And I think, and I think Drew, uh, was, yeah, Drew Brees was a little bit later draft pick. I don't think he's maybe a second rounder. Maybe he was late first round. I don't remember. But Out of Texas. He went to school in he, Texas. Yeah, but he went to school. Purdue. He, he, he was yeah, uh, yeah, in college. Yeah. But, yeah, he was a Texas guy. Uh, and then he came back with that whatever that shoulder issue. I think they were so scared Rotator of him. Cuff. I think you were right. And and Rivers was looking good. They put him up for trade. So I don't yeah. know that Rivers. Uh, I mean, I, he, he, I guess technically he did yeah. beat him out, but there's there's a little Talk more about, to the story. He took his job. It's like Paul Harvey said. Well, there's a yeah, little but, more to the story on that. So, but I but I remember thinking I remember thinking back when that was all going down that I thought that that uh, Philip Rivers. I you know I think he earned the job. But I hope that Drew Brees gets somewhere because I think he's got some potential. Right, like it wasn't right. he was not this good though. Like he was so, like Yeah, he, he's know, even he was better. Good. Unintended right. consequences. Well that, so Drew Brees is fascinating. One, because you just look at Philip Rivers and Brees and the way that's really worked out really well. I, I know Philip Rivers both has teams. Won that worked Super well Bowl, for both teams. Yeah. Yeah, they're both ended up with Hall of Fame careers probably when it's all said and done. I think, I think so. Well, and Philip Rivers is the best quarterback San Diego for the city of San Diego that there might there be was, in the NFL. Like I, I don't want to get too too far side note. There was a picture today on Twitter that was circulating circulating around and it was Philip Rivers and it was like this guy is one of the best quarterbacks and has been for the past ten years. And this is how he throws the football. And it was him like <laughs> yeah. looking like a lame duck. I mean it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> Did but, you see? So he was on. Uh, he was on Dan Patrick. Is that? He, yeah, they Dan asked Patrick him about his show, kids. Right? Are you talking about that? They said. Well, they said, "How many kids have you got?" Or uh, and he's like nine, I think. And he's like, "Are you? Are you done?" And he was like, "Oh heck no," because you know he he won't curse. And he, um, and he answered so but, fast to it. Oh heck no, heck yeah, no, Dan. Yeah. And then, uh, and then also apparently his oldest son apparently just like genetically ended up with this throwing motion. He tried to teach his son a better throwing motion, <laughs> but his son ended Poor up kid. with his throwing motion. Yeah. It's not a thing of beauty. I know it's, I know it's struggle. I know it's struggle. I was, I throw like dad. Uh, Whoa. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, back that train up with the fire. So, so on the unintended consequences though, just real quick. So Breeze, when they decided they drafted Rivers and they were they weren't gonna buy into Breeze in his shoulder. So Breeze was looking for a new job. He was this close 
to go into Miami. Miami. And yep. the only, the only and, and he was going to go with Mr. Saban when yep. Nick Saban was there. So if Nick Saban would have got Drew Brees instead of who he ended up getting and paid just the same amount of money was Dante Culpepper. So wow. that didn't work out. The best thing Dante Culpepper did at the Dolphins was make a cool Madden commercial with him celebrating. <laughs> but if if Brees would have went to uh, the Dolphins with Nick Saban, Nick Saban may still be at the Dolphins. Who knows what Alabama's doing? I mean, it just it changed everything. And instead, Nick Saban ended up flaming out at Miami, went back to be the best college football coach maybe ever. ever. Yeah. And and Brees went to Sean Payton, match made in heaven, as we talked about a second ago. It's just as wild how that yeah. easily I mean, he was like a second away. He was really weighing between the two and he chose to go well, to New what Orleans. Did- was that around the time that Sean Payton was trying to pull Tony Romo to New Orleans too? So yeah, then that he, could have yeah. changed that he franchise. Tried to, yeah, he tried to pull Romo, and then when he got Brees, I'm, I'm telling you, that will be yeah. one day someone needs to. to the history of Drew Brees is the history of the NFL. Someone with some serious, like <laughs> some serious connections and plugs, needs to like rewrite that and just talk about how close everything was to changing. Because I mean, do you that, know there's a lot of dominoes. Interesting side note: wasn't Sean Payton a quarterback at I think Eastern Illinois or wherever Romo was? Where, yeah. where Romo and Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo and Mike Shanahan, Jimmy all G, yeah, Jimmy that, G was there too. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, there's actually it's wild. There's you. been some people go through. <laughs> it's yeah. quarterback you, yeah. Well, it really know. is. So in a, in an interesting turn of events now. It's become the, the we who would have guessed it before the year, but it's now between Pat Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick in a dead heat for the NFL. I don't know if it's the NFL MVP or the NFL fantasy MVP, but these two are both just slinging the rock around. And it was interesting. I saw something, an argument arose on Twitter the other day, and it was about a stat got thrown out by someone that said Ryan Fitzpatrick has, as of today, by the time people listen to this, he may have thrown five more on Monday night, but as of today... <laughs> Fitzpatrick has 16 more passing touchdowns in his career than Hall of Famer Troy Aikman in 44 less starts. In 44 less starts. Wow. So just statistically, you're like, wow, that is impressive. But And Troy Aikman actually saw it and quoted it and said, who cares? And (laughs) and I, I don't know if Aikman was really like being salty or if he was just saying, why is this even relevant? Why are you bringing me up? Like, why are we comparing? Mm-hmm. But so the argument got started because Damian Woody, who works with ESPN, said, in what universe does does the, do these two quarterbacks even get mentioned in the same sentence? And other ESPN NFL writers answered back and they were like, in the same in the same universe where fantasy football has made people fantastically dumber about actual football than ever before. And then people started ragging on about how fantasy football has actually created the dumbest generation of fans. And I... I would beg it's that's an interesting topic to me and I wanted to kind of lob it out to y'all because I think more people know more about the sport and statistically but are we dumber or not dumber I don't know if that's the right word but are we do we look at stats more just touchdowns Ryan Fitzpatrick's no more touchdowns what do y'all think is fantasy football made fans the average fan smarter or not about football I'll throw it to you first Dale well I think that it makes the smart fans dumber and the dumb fans smarter. Like if you look at somebody that doesn't know anything about football and they start joining a fantasy football league, that's a really good way to learn like the importance of a wide receiver and what kind of role they have on the team. You know, what, what a defense's goal is and like, you know, how random kickers are and, you know, all these things that we NFL fans have always known. Uh, whereas the, the really smart fans, I think you get watered down. Like one of the things that I've lost is I used to be like a really good, like insight into Denver Broncos 
uh, information. And now I just have like half the information, but about every team in the league. Like, I, you know, you lose a ton to try to pick up a little bit more general knowledge. And I think that's one of the things that's happened with fantasy football is you lose like the, you know, knowing who the second string guard is if your your starting guard gets hurt or whatever. Um, so you can know who the third string wide receiver is in Miami or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I think it does it does really bring down the level of intelligence in the uh, average to super fan, but it brings up everybody to that that is not super interested to a level that makes a big difference. So, Dad, what 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 say you? Well, that, that's interesting. I, I probably was going a little different way on it. All right, um, go. Well, I think that yes, in some senses, it's made people smarter, but I, I do think it's in the in the vein that LJ's referring to. You know, you know who the second and third uh, wide receivers are. I mean, I can talk to people. I mean, Tammy will know. Uh, she's not a super football fan, certainly not NFL, but she knows certain receivers and quarterbacks. But then I think it's made. I guess my point was, it's. I think that and and another thing I'll put in with it is Madden. I think it's made people more uh, into what cover two is and what kind of defenses guys sure. are. Madden running. made me a much smarter exactly football fan, and and I think a lot. I love sitting around with my buddies and talking about. West Coast versus a cover two man versus a cover two uh, 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 not man would be a zone, you know, or or whatever. Yeah. And and you know, Tammy asking yeah. me what was a nickel, you know, what was the nickel package on, on defense the other day. So in that yeah. regard, I do think it's begun to make people a little a little smarter. Uh, the insert. Does Tammy play fantasy? She does not. She will do Fanduel every now and then. She'll do a team on Fanduel okay. every so now. So she'll and do then. some okay. daily fantasy. But but okay. actually, it's she hadn't done one yet this year. So it's not anything she does very often. Um, but she'll keep up. And now she's much more of a college football fan. And there's not much for us to cheer about in that vein either. <laughs> I think Auburn covered. You guys aren't spread. big UNT fans. Or? Uh, did UNT win? I guess I'm going to keep up with them. Did they I win? You know who didn't win? You know who? We're getting way off. Well, uh, I know Eastern, two teams that didn't I win. Know, but yeah. Colorado State. Colorado State lost to a Division two school oh, and they beat Arkansas. Oh, <laughs> ow, but but right. that's. But we're not. We're not going to talk about how bad Arkansas is. We're so, Dad. Where are, are you going with fantasy football? Where do you stand? Has fantasy football and how much it's evolved over the years? Has it made fans? smarter fans or no well i think yes i think it has if you just if you go overall i think lj's point is pretty well taken it's it's uh, with the average fan and what it's done for them and then the 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 fan the us the fans that are us fantasy football made us dig more into it because you want to see how this receiver is going to react against this defense right because i don't want to act like by the way i don't want none of us are acting like we're some savants when it comes to no, football. not at all. I think what we're, what, what, what we're trying to say is we're all fans of the game, and then fantasy football is and just another way for us just to nerd just out another and geek out a little more. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I think overall, but, yes, has it raised the awareness? And if you're raising the awareness of a subject, are you raising people's knowledge of the subject? Yes. So I think overall, I'd have to say, yes, it has raised people's knowledge of football. That would be my take. I I think that that I think I think that you're right to a degree. But I want one thing that I have noticed is I feel like more people know more of the pretty positions than otherwise used to like used to. um, It's not like, you know, a guard or a defensive tackle was like the highest sold jersey by a team by any stretch. It's not like we're like, you know, quarterbacks were nothing back in the day. But um, now there's so much emphasis on knowing who Antonio Brown is and who uh, Patrick Mahomes is that like uh, it really doesn't matter who the rest of, you know, the 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 non face 
parts of the team have, you know, the, the defensive tack, the, like Calais Campbell is not a name in every household for sure. No, you're right. It's not even it's close the skill to positions, it. running back wide receiver. I think it's, and I think it's, so I think it's dumbed down the people that used to be into that kind of thing. Like it's kind well, of turned interestingly, us into more though, of a celebrity sort of culture yeah, in football. I, I interestingly hear. though, to, to counter that a little bit, the, the, the level of next gen stats if you will, of like what people look at now, where now the average fan knows how many times Julio Jones is targeted. They know how many times he's targeted in the red zone. They know how many times he converts those red zone targets. Well, and they the know, average fan doesn't know that. They're not no, looking but, that stuff. But out. even they even can, the, but but the average fan that now plays fantasy football has dug further into it and they start reading stuff. So I will say it kind of has made people smarter. But what I, I was really thinking about this the other day, and due to due to fantasy football, I think more people are aware of things like you know. Darrell Revis and Richard Sherman were uh, probably a few years ago were were really good corners, and you know, hey oh, Sherman's my still receivers, stunned, by the way. Yeah, he is. Well, so if you go, but people realize if my receivers, I like get one point when Revis was on Revis Island doing his thing. You you yeah. realized, oh, if my guy, if my guy is going up against Revis, probably shouldn't start him because that guy's really good. So I think fantasy football has made people more aware of, oh, this guy's a really good football player, even if he doesn't get a ton of interceptions and a ton of picks. He's a good football player because no one will throw at him. And before, you wouldn't notice it unless Deion Sanders getting a pick six, maybe. But the problem, that doesn't necessarily mean people are smarter about football. That just means they realize, oh, my guy won't produce touchdowns. Because they don't understand why Revis or Sherman, not everybody, fantasy football doesn't tell right. you why they're good at corner. It's because, oh, he's really good at flipping his hip or his agility or he he can read the play. Like They just realize, oh, Sammy Watkins is going up against Revis. I shouldn't start Sammy Watkins this week. So I, I, I think it makes you smarter to an extent, but there's still a level of football, which I don't – I. I think the the what's helped me grasp the game better than anything is like that. I didn't think about it, but it's probably Madden learning coverage from Madden. But still, yeah, I'll be talking to to Lane sometimes, who coaches now, and he'll start really talking about what like probably him and his fellow coaches talk about when they watch the game. And there's just a different level of watching things where they're well, looking what, at yeah. how people use their yeah. hands in the trenches, and that's why I really like watching. There's still something too when you watch the NFL Countdown or different shows where you like former players or coaches, and when they break down film, there's things they see or look for that just the average fan we don't look for. We look for the, yeah. the sexy stuff like LJ saying touchdown catches. Well, and, and then that's I guess what you were saying kind of kind of leads me to something I was gonna say a second ago, but then kind of got sidetracked is I think maybe one of the reasons that like Tammy is becoming uh really knowledgeable about football and, and asking really great questions that like a, a just real simple fan would never ask has more to do with the fact that she's watching it with people that she likes that are smart and you know having that situation more than whether or not fantasy football exists you know yeah. i mean i think that's maybe the best learning factor is being around people that are interested excited and smart at the same time so but it's clear so yeah. it's clear that Regardless of this, I think this is an interesting topic regardless, and we can maybe have it more later. But fantasy football has been good for the sport. It has oh, created, as a doubt. we just mentioned, with Tammy and with other friends of mine and tons of people, just fantasy football brings in more fans. And so the game understands that. And what makes fantasy better? Scoring. So what are they doing? Protecting. We've got on this so much, protecting the uh, quarterback. And, man, it's going to be the talk all week this week. Man, I don't know what – so clearly, I think Clay Matthews has some dirt on uh, Roger Goodell, and he held it over Roger Goodell. And Roger Goodell's <laughs> like, "Look here, buddy, you can't tackle a single player until you until you give me that that black whatever he's blackmailing him with." Because Clay Matthews again, two last week he tackled he he hit Russell or he hit Russell Westbrook. Where am I going? He hit Kirk Cousins, <laughs> <laughs> then took down KD after that. <laughs> 
He hit Kirk Cousins, and he kind of drove him into the ground. And I get the rule, and I even have it written down somewhere in here, and I will get into it in a second. But this was he, something I wanted to respond he to kinda last drug, week, by the way. Yeah, and we've mentioned this multiple times. And it's there's no more national anthem controversy or catch controversy because the NFL is doing this crazy stuff where you can't touch a quarterback. Hey, Just that's what it is. It's a false flag. I I'm think you caught you, something. I think that's what the NFL is like. Look, I'd rather him complain about this than complain about the anthem. And we haven't heard the yeah, anthem stuff at all. Thing but, about, yeah. yeah. Hmm. LJ, I mean, I have a little bit, but I've gone out of my way. Um, <laughs> so what? To, so this week, before I give it over to you, this week, last week with with Kirk Cousins, he as Kirk Cousins threw it, he kind of tackled him and drove him into the ground a little bit, and they created the rule kind of off the the sense of the Aaron Rodgers injury two years ago, where they or last year where they drove him into the ground and broke his collarbone. But this week, yeah. he sacked Alex Smith. When the game was still, it was not as close, but it was still in, like the game was close. And that's an automatic right. first down. He sacks Alex Smith. And I don't know. I mean, you're sacking a guy. You you might land on him. It just kind of, I don't know if you it's know possible. what tackling is, we'll but it's kind of part of tackling. And they called him for another one, 15-yard penalty, automatic first down. And I just, I don't know what to do. El, what do you think? We haven't heard your thoughts on this. We've talked to a bull in the face. What do you think, El? Well, I want to say, uh, first, I think that, I think it's a former cowboy, but some announcer, it's probably a former cowboy. Well, yeah. The, the some announcer. Good chance. <laughs> Some announcer has taken sack out of their vocabulary and now calling it hugs him to the ground um, because you're not allowed to sack anymore. Um, I knew those. But what I wanted to say about it, (laughs) what I wanted to say about it mostly is that uh, uh, you you guys said last week, well, you know, it's not that one play that lost him the game. Um, And and I think, well, of course not. It's not one play, but I think this rule change is like really changing the way that you have to think while you're on defense. And to some degree, football is like every other sport where the more you're thinking about a game, the less you're actually like doing like, you know, golfing is not about getting lost in your head. And so I think one thing you can look at to see how big of a deal this is, is uh, uh, last week against Kirk Cousins, one of the Green Bay, I think, defensive linemen had him wrapped up and then Kirk Cousins throws a little pump fake. And so the dude just lets him go. And then Kirk Cousins finishes the rollout and goes for a gain of a yard. And so these defensive linemen and and defensive ends are afraid to tackle quarterbacks because it's a it's a first down if you do. Even, you know, no, it's it turns what was a great play into a mistake and you it's not even feeling consistent with what the rule call is. And uh so I guess one of the things you guys said is like it makes sense to protect the quarterback. We all want a safer game. That is something we're all going for. But I wish we protected all the players like we protect the quarterback. Like if we're going to do this, let's go flag football. Like let's just do it all the way. You know, I I don't want that. Well, but that's, like the game it just really feels is, like we're not. These rules are given a lot more credibility. Like I always kind of the guy that goes, let's just make it flag football. I just kind of go, okay, you're being a little, you're over exaggerating. But the, the way they're calling these, like I. It wasn't even the guy well, like and, you mentioned. And I'm and I'm saying this when, like actually genuinely okay with making a flag football. It would be a lesser. It would not it'd be a lot less fun for me to watch. But like at least we're being consistent. My problem is that we're just treating the quarterback as if like, well, if the quarterback gets hurt, nobody's going to tune in. Um, but I want to see a good defense play. I want to see you know I don't want to see yeah, uh, like anybody those Ravens get hurt. defense back protect in the them day, all. Those those it was fun yeah. to watch a good defense. And but now a good defense can't exist because the the cornerbacks can't cover a wide receiver without getting a flag thrown on them, and a, a defensive end can't rush a passer without getting a flag thrown on them. So you can really only play defense home run plays, which is kind of a problem because they don't run very much anymore. So well, I think well, here's and, and here's the big just, difference though today. Ahead, Let me yeah. say this: the big difference t- today, the big difference this week on Clay Matthews penalty. <laughs> 
is that he actually <laughs> sacked the guy with the football still in his hand. If you can't tackle a guy with the football yeah, he tried. in your – As they were going to the ground, he, once they kind of went, and he realized, I got my sack done. I wrapped him up. He tried to do that. I, I've seen it one time. I want to watch it again. But my And, and y'all heard me last week. I was like – and to what you said, LJ, yes, it's it's instinctual, and they, they have to change the instinct a little bit. I get that, and it's going, it's going to be a little bit of a rough time while we're trying to do that. Clay Matthews sacked the quarterback with the football today, and they called a penalty on him. That – that is and I'm kind of a proponent of trying to change these rules yeah. and, and I'm backing off of that. I'm like, come on, that is ridiculous. So, I don't know what we need to do, yeah. but th- that should not have been a penalty. I saw it one time. I'll see it again, uh, I'm sure, but that seemed wrong. Well, so the NFL doubled they doubled down on it once again after that play. They, the NFL operations Twitter, it's something that kind of is ran by the refs, and they tweeted out that video and said, once again, rule 12A.1, you know, whatever they do. And they said, if the defender lands with all or most of the defender's weight on the passer, it's a penalty. Which, I mean, that's a tackle. That I don't understand what you – like Clay Matthews actually had a really good three-minute little spiel at his locker after the game where he just was like, I don't know what – I got my head across. I, I'm doing everything I've ever been taught. I played football for 20 years, and it's everything I've been taught. And it's a penalty. I just there's 21 on the field. There's 21 guys that get to play football, but the pass rusher he can't. He can't quite do what you've always been able to do. And I think LJ hit it on the head. What it's just like what we talked about. When you think about like once you're thinking about something and you're not just playing by instincts, you're either going to screw up or you're going to get hurt because you're thinking. You just got to play with instincts. And now if Clay Matthews is thinking, I got a sack, I got a sack, but he starts thinking before he gets there, I better make sure I hit him the right way. That's when Romo's able to hit him with a spin move or Mahomes is able to hit him with a little juke or Kirk and, Cousins throws a pump fake and you give up on the play like that's it, it's just the, like these players when are they started, afraid to play football they're they started to really calling the the play which I agree when a guy goes out of bounds you don't hit him like they started calling that penalty unnecessary roughness but then mm-hmm. you remember NFL offensive guys start to go oh I'm gonna act like I'm giving myself myself up and defenders would let up because they don't want to get the penalty. And then the offensive guy would turn it up or juke. Yeah. And, and you saw that cost people. And you're going to see, I think, LJ, you just hit it on the head. You're going to see guys let up because what if Kirk Cousins releases it? Then that's 15-yard penalty. We're in the two-minute We've warning. Seen it. We're you just going to see it in a playoff game is the problem. It's, it's going to decide ch- games because you're thinking too hard. I mean, I'm going to – if the Broncos don't start winning, then I might stop <laughs> watching all that much well. because – you know, it's it's rough out well, there. So, and the Broncos might not start winning because they're all a that defensive rushing team. That is not unlike the, the <laughs> damn fa- uh, fair catch call in the Arkansas game. I mean, it, that was totally yeah. fair. Yeah. That the, if, if a guy, if a quarterback uses that method to not get hit, and I mean, I guess that's fair, but it ain't right. And they ought to throw the flag on the quarterback if he's doing that. You know, I mean, let's. I don't know yeah, how. We got to fix this. It, I saw... I did see a, a an interesting solution on Reddit where it was like let's have like a, a five yard roughing the passer penalty and a fifteen yard endangering okay. the passer penalty or right. something like that. Um, and that seems interesting to me. I don't know exactly how it works, but but that does seem interesting to me. But like the way that they've got it now, if I'm a defensive lineman and I've got a clear lane to the quarterback, I'm probably going to take his head off because it's going to be a penalty almost no matter what I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna earn it and I'm gonna try to make sure that that quarterback thinks twice before he. I know uh, that might be the unintended consequence. I know when we talked, we might hurt him worse because. You're right, LJ. If I'm going to get the penalty, I'm fixing to lay them out. So, yeah. Well, there was something about back in the day what that was great is when you're a quarterback and once you start getting – because it's part of the game. When you start – 
because Romo was a victim to it at times, and you see it every now and then. A quarterback who has gotten they're they're nervous about getting hit because it is part of the game, and they're the the, the hits have take have, have gotten to them, and they're just tired of it, and they start taking off on throws or throwing it early, or you rush that time up, and by protecting them so much, you're just putting. I know we want points, we want to save the offense. It's what looks cool, but at some point, you're getting away from what football is, and. I, I, I know when we mentioned the most that important, six years ago. yeah, I know we mentioned the most important positions in in the in the game, and that, uh, someone that came up is pass rusher, and one guy I don't know if if you've heard, but John Gruden with the Raiders just. <laughs> He he okay, was at, this is something else I he, wanted to he, talk about. Well, I know it's, the, your Broncos lost, so yeah, I know you'd love to talk about how the Raiders just keep losing. So John Gruden was asked. He was asked earlier this week about his pass rushers or lack thereof, and he answered with this quote: "It's hard to find a great one. It's hard <laughs> to find a good one. Hell, it's hard to find one. Period. Talking about a pass rusher, you had one and you let him walk out the door. <laughs> you let him off the hook." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is it? Is, is this a joke by John Gruden at this point? Or is he just purposely just, is he ignorant? Or is he just joking with us? Like, yeah, I know I traded him. It's fine to keep asking the questions. I, I think here's the deal. Here's the deal. All right, let me hear I'm going to throw you for a curveball. Um, I think the Raiders are a good team. And I think that John Gruden might be the guy to take them. There Whoa. Because, Whoa. Yeah, I know. I hate it. Buckle it makes up. me very angry. Up real quick. But like, all right. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Khalil Mack wanted a lot of money. A lot. Right? Yeah. They're trying to build an entire team. They take Khalil Mack, they have to cut a wide receiver. You know, they take Khalil Mack, they have to cut a safety. Um, they but if they get some like middling talent, they've already got Bruce Irvin. You got you you said that it was Khalil Mack and a bunch of other guys uh last year. Yeah. That's absolutely not true. And and also you guys were saying like, oh, well, who knew Khalil too. Mack was as good? He was on this like he was he's doing all this because now he's on a good defense. Well, let me read this stat to you. Khalil Mack has recorded a sack and a forced fumble in all three games this season. The last player to record a sack and a fumble in three straight games, Khalil Mack from 2016. He's been doing this for years. He just hadn't been doing it in a major market. Like Khalil Mack is the real deal. And it's not like that defense was any worse than this defense. We're just looking at a team. No, this defense is better. He's at a better defense. No, I'm saying, well, no, I'm saying it's, it's not any better. I'm saying that this Uh, is the same (laughs) because the, because the truth of the matter is the truth of the matter is, is Gruden knows he's got 10 years. He's trying to build a dynasty. He's not trying to win tomorrow. And uh, the things that when I watched that Bronco game, they didn't lose that game because they couldn't get a pass rush. They couldn't get a pass rush because they were gassed because they could not keep up in that mile high air. And so they lost because they had a lack of focus and a lack of conditioning. And where does Gruden want to take it to? He wants to take it to back in the 80s and 90s football when it was all about it wasn't about flash, but it was about conditioning and it was about focus and it was about knowing your job when you that's what they're missing. Well, they couldn't because they were they were in bad condition. Like, look at go watch the highlights from that game from the second half. Watch how every player there just kind of falls over once the offensive line hits them. That's why the Broncos could just do anything they wanted in the second half of that game is because nobody could stay awake. So. Are you are you buying it? We'll get them. This isn't for for yeah, today. We might talk would tomorrow. you be buying into zero and three, John Gruden? I might. Well, I might. It depends on how long the buy is. I'm not buying them to win the Super Bowl this year. Low. You could buy low. <laughs> well, I know. No, it depends on how long the buy is. Like, are we talking like a five year oh, okay. buy? I might buy that. That well, that's a he won't. He's selling. That's a team that doesn't have to carry about his job tomorrow. He's selling a five year buy, and I'm telling you why. He's got two more years in Oakland, right? They didn't want to mortgage the ranch on Khalil Mack. They want to get to Vegas. They're playing for Vegas right now. Yeah, is what they're yeah. doing. Good point. They've got Derek Carr, who's still going to be solid in two or three years. He'll be in his prime. 
probably in about three yeah. years. They're playing, and he wants. He's got four first round draft picks. Does he overvalue first round draft picks? I think, as you brought to our attention, LJ, I think he does. But I think Gruden thinks he's the best talent evaluator out there. He thinks he is, and so he's yeah. going to use well, those four I mean, that- first round draft picks, and he's going to show up with a team in Vegas. I'm telling you, they're selling it right. They're selling out right now for. Two years. So down. he's planning on they might lose for two years, but when they show up to Vegas, they're going to be like the Rams are right that's, now. They're going to be. That's and what's what the I thing think. we've talked about? We've talked about for years, and the Browns are the funniest example of this. Is and and now they're kind of like turning into not the example because Hugh Jackson should be gone. Um, but you know, God. teams just kind of hold on to a, a a new coach for two, maybe three years, and then say, "Oh, you didn't turn it around in no time at all." So you're out of here. You know, like the the Rams are saying we don't or the Raiders are saying we don't care about the next two or three years. We don't care. We want a good team. We want a team that wins. And they might be building it. Gruden Gruden's getting an opportunity to if if he's as good of a coach as he thinks he is, which he probably isn't. But if he is, that's that's scary. I will say there's a few things Gruden does offensively when I watch where he, I know, I, I think he needs to catch up to Thompson. and I think he will. The more he watches more film, the more he, he digs into it. I think he, he'll figure stuff out. He's still yeah. really smart offensively. I think he's still really smart, but I don't know. There's just things where I think he trusts too much in Gruden. Yeah. I think to be a good head coach, you got to learn. Like, look, what's made Belichick so good is he'll delegate and tr- he'll, he makes good hires yeah. and he'll delegate yeah. to yeah. others. Yeah. Same with Nick Saban, same with all the great coaches. I think Gruden thinks. I think you're right. He goes, I got 10 years to do this. I'm going to build this team up. But he's like, I, I, I am going to do this. No, you need to go get others around you. Because sometimes Gruden's But he's got 10 wrong. years to figure it out, too, though. He's got 10 years to get those people around him. They're not getting rid of him for five. Did they just, just saying, Just saying, you know, back in July, Gruden said, if I fail, I won't take any of the Raiders' money. So far, he's winless in three games. Is he is he cashing those paychecks? <laughs> I guess should the question we, we is, wait a second. Wait a, did he say it? I didn't know he said that. So, like, he's, oh, get, yeah, he's got it. He kept getting <laughs> berated about how he got a $100 million contract. He's like, look here, if I fail at the Raiders, I won't take that money. So I'm what if win here. In, in seven years, he's got $70 million in a bank account that he's been holding on to just to give it back to him if he needed no, to? No, that boy, <laughs> that's what he said, but that boy's going straight to the bank. I don't care. Part of me wonders if this is all like a, a, a thing by him just to stick it to the Raiders. And he's like, y'all screwed me once, and now y'all are about to get screwed for either y'all are going to pay me. Because I think uh, he become money my favorite like guaranteed. Then. Oh, I know you'd love him. <laughs> it is. No, yeah, he's getting paid his money. He's getting paid his 100000 or $100 no matter what he does. So I, uh, I really do. I think he and Mark Davis got together, and they said, look, don't worry about these next two years. I don't care. Yeah. Vegas. Well, you better, you're going to get someone 10 years, and, though. And, well, Khalil yeah. Mack, you know, but he, he'll be, he'd be 29, 30 at that age, you know. When they get to Vegas, yeah, he's still got some years left, but I just I think they're counting on those four but, draft picks, and and that's yeah, and they're dropping you know, they're dropping all that money on him to to like instead they're going to have this farm team where they can figure out who's the right guy and who's not on cheap contracts instead of you know winning for today and worrying about your job tomorrow. You um, know, interestingly, the where y'all have gone with this is interesting because I was I, know, I need to take a shower. I I'm I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ugh. I was the the Ugh. little bit of stock that I may have had in the Raiders. I was trying to sell every bit of it. And if you're Mark, if you're smart, if you're Mark Davis and you're a smart man, which I've never since I've been a football fan, I've never accused one of the Davis men of being smart. But if if he is smart, <laughs> and you're going to hire John Gruden to a ten year, one hundred million dollar contract. 
then you better say, look here, I'm in it for the long run. If we lose this year, if we lose next year, if we lose the year after that, that's fine. But we will win. I I see a long-term vision. And Gruden is making moves, like Dad said. The moves he's making is like, we'll be good. I promise you, we'll get there. It might not be now, but we'll get there. And and you know who thinks long-term? It's the the Patriots. It's the San Antonio Spurs. It's like there there are very few teams that think this way because they're very too very few to get the opportunity. And so I think we're about to see is if a team that doesn't organically get to that level that they can think in that way uh, can turn that into something, you know, like it, Man, if I this can't. is a good strategy or if this is just something that works because the teams that get there. Now are I'm great. excited. Now I'm excited for buy and sell later, later this week and, and all that. I want to know. I don't think I'll be able to say it out loud. I don't think I'll be able to say it out loud. I don't think I'll be able right. to. We've had. We've had a ton of football talk going, but I kind of want to have one more football thing. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, I want to say that uh, last week, uh, I'm sorry I called him Skip Bayless. Uh, That was a little much, (laughs) but but our resident Uncle Tony, he said, uh, Ben Ben still got it. He said, Ben still got it. Go look at uh, the Smith Schuster highlights. And that's kind of like saying, no, lottery tickets are worth it because look at how many people have won on them. Like you're just looking at the best throws that he made. If you go look at Ben Roethlisberger's uh, uh, game, he overthrew every deep ball and most of his passes were to uh, to somebody who just ran a quick bubble screen and then they go get seven yards after the catch. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger did not look good that game. We he just threw it 70 that. times. Dad, we have to give the people what they want. They want LJ and Uncle Tone. <laughs> We got to get them on together. I mean, yeah. Smackdown. <laughs> we need Cage to have a match. boxing match. You see like YouTube's doing that now. Their stars are like boxing. Me and Tony need to just have oh, like yeah. a boxing match. Canelo Triple G. I mean. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got for football. He's just, he doesn't have it anymore. Well, and I have, well, I have a question before we leave. We'll get on a real quick question, but let's take a, a, a hard turn. And it's, it's a new, it's a new topic. I don't know how many times we might do it one time and this might be the last, but I kind of want to do a, a, a new segment where it's just a, they did a study on what? And I read it. Maybe LJ, it sounds like you might be able to explain this better, but apparently some researchers found that. They, they, there's some, there's some, the, the octopus brain is, I don't know the plural version of it's, it. We'll get to that. Maybe y'all can teach it. That's, well, yeah, I, I think you mentioned in an email it was octopus. No, no, you said, you said something very different than that. You said something, if you look at it, phonet, it might not be safe for hair. Okay. What you wrote down. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not suitable for work, guys. <laughs> but so. So the the octopus's brain is a very it's very intellectual and they've been known to open jars and catch fish and even high five each other underwater. So Take humans World were Cup very champions. intrigued by their brain. Yeah. So, so they wanted to learn about their brain. So what they did was they gave dolphins Molly or MDMA or ecstasy. They gave them some X. And the way they did this was they put like a, they they put it into the water to where it would like go into their as they were breathing they would they would breathe in and this ecstasy would go into them and they wanted to see how they would act. I don't understand this. I was gonna say this could be cruel to the animals. Maybe this is being very kind to the animals. I don't know. It depends how you you know. I don't I, know. Yeah. But what the hell? <laughs> we're giving ecstasy to octopuses. <laughs> well, I still don't know if I'm saying that right. I, you are. <laughs> Yeah, and you're right. Well, I did possibly. check the word yeah. I put. We we can't. It's not safe. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, but it's not safe. Um, 
Um, oh man, uh, one big room. <laughs> now I will say, anyway. I, I do think that there's some cruelty there. I mean, legitimately, I don't, I don't think that's a smart thing to start giving. But like, animals do drugs. Did you know that that reindeer eat uh, uh, magic mushrooms? No, I did not. Yeah, and and moose, they uh, they eat uh, uh, fermented apples, so they get drunk. Moose, moose love getting drunk. Um. So animals do like to imbibe so, in their own. So moose, um, <laughs> when a moose finds a fermented apple, it's the same way as me getting like a fifth of crown. Or like, oh, look at this apple. I got me a good one. I mean, I think they've got to find a bunch of them. They, them finding a fermented apple is kind of like you finding an already open beer in the back of your <laughs> fridge or something. But like, uh, there's been a, there's been a night where he's there. Never mind. We'll just, yeah, we'll just yeah. go on. <laughs> but usually those those trees will have a lot of apples that have fallen <laughs> and sat there for a while. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, but there is like something to be said, like that is these drugs do things to your brain and open them up in ways that like, uh, you know, just, uh, just a normal dolphin brain wouldn't be able to. And so it can kind of like open up pathways for us to be able to see, like, does this work like it does on a human brain? And like, does this lead to this? And, and it can be super informational. Well, it's interesting. But- so they actually found that they share like there's a lot of similarities between us and octopuses because they reacted the same way that humans react to ecstasy. And they were like hugging each other. And then even they were fascinated by random, like before they had anything, they weren't fascinated by this random toy in their tank. But then when they got the ecstasy, they were like just fascinated by different stuff. And yeah, I I personally, I don't, I won't ask y'all, but personally, I don't know what it would be like, but from what I've seen in movies and, and, and other things, it sounds like these dolphins were trippy and they were just like hugging on the tank and doing all these fun things. And I I guess it is helpful to know that they react the same, but I don't understand how, how can we use that to our benefit besides just knowing, Oh, well, that's neat. Well, I mean, that's kind of a tough question because it, it, it kind of most research opens us up to the next step. Um, and so it's not like, you know what the point of this research is until you've tested a, you, you, like the way science works is you come up with a hypothesis. You say dolphins brains work like ours. And then how can we test that? You find a way to test it. And then you see if your testing confirmed or retracted what you said. And then that just adds to the wealth of knowledge that humans have. And then once you add that next to, you know, maybe something about muscle brains or clam brains, then you can maybe find something else about like the connection that the world yeah. has or who knows. Yeah, that makes well. a good point. It's all about well, a collective I think to wealth be fair, of there has been studies that have been made that suggest that psychoactive, as you call them psychoactive drugs, is that what you psychoactive drugs can yeah. actually be therapeutic in some uses, you know, not just go out and get high necessarily, but there are some beneficial right, right. uses to psychoactive not drugs. Just, so not just go to the club and, ta- and, and drop take some eggs, no, mean, like, but. <laughs> well, it depends. Is your psychiatrist at the club? You know, maybe but, but it's there prescribed. Are, but, but <laughs> certainly now there are there have been studies made that that yes, that no, it helps you're absolutely right with issues that they have mental issues. PTSD, I think, is a big PTSD, one. So gets helped. With. Well, that's okay. Actually, I'm wrong. Yeah, I read. I, I remember from that article. Now that you said it, it's, it's going to be a way for them to. Uh, the authors think that octopuses present a promising model for studying MDMA's effect on the human brain and treating yeah. PTSD and better understanding how the brain evolved to conjure social behavior. So there is a way that they can find a way to, to correlate this to help humans. It just seems odd that you're just going to throw some X in, in the tank with some octopuses <laughs> and, and make, and them, make add, a trip. And a disco and maybe ball it's and the see best night, Maybe it's the best night of... And there is, I, we'll throw out, there's like a big, they have to uh, like wean these, they, they, they make sure that these, these uh, octopuses aren't addicted to anything yeah. before they put them back out in the wild. So they're, they're very safe about it. it 
it just blew my mind when I read that there's a study of giving ecstasy to yeah. octopus. I was like, huh? Yeah. I thought it was like a uh, like an article from the Onion. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the onion. I haven't read that in a long um, time. There's some interesting stuff in the onion. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good subreddit called uh, "Ate the Onion," and it's all about people that have fallen for onion articles on like social media and stuff. It's pretty funny. Huh. But uh, um, and and so on the plural of octa octa pie pods pusses. Octa- um, <laughs> what what did what did that type? Or we're not I saying, think actually we're not saying that was a that. character in a James Bond movie. I think wasn't it? it yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. So, I mean, why? That doesn't necessarily I mean it's that doesn't. Well, I mean, go ahead. Um, but you know, there are a lot of things that are in older movies that you shouldn't necessarily say on our, our not always family friendly podcast. Well, and I think, I think uh, I'm in it as octopicy is what I think I'm in. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but so my understanding is that we assumed that it's, uh, it has kind of an S ending. And so oftentimes like cactus, you'll make that cacti. Mm-hmm. Um, but then some grammarian was like, wait a second. No, octopus is a Greek word. So it really should end with a Greek plural, which which is ode. So it's octopode. Um, but then when you actually look at the rules of grammar in English, when we borrow a, a word, then we decide the rules are whatever we want them to be. So octopus is, is exactly as uh, realistic as any other plural that you can come up with. Nobody's wrong is the, the true answer. Hmm, okay. And there, there you, you go. go. You probably didn't <clears throat> you probably didn't open up this pod thinking you'd learn how to say octopus in plural, but <laughs> you now know. Here we are. Boom. Well, let's transition on to how we normally end it. We, we normally end by talking about what we're listening to. I just want to say that there's no way that any of us can top what, which there's a lot of things that LeBron James does that we will never top. But the other night on his Instagram story, he put out where he was at. And he was at this private concert where no, apparently no one was allowed to have their phone. I guess LeBron was, though, because he was posting Instagram stories. But he shared a stage I mean, try with- Try telling LeBron, put down Dave, your phone. I'm not Listen do to it. this. Listen to who was sharing the stage with LeBron James. Dave Chappelle, John Mayer, and Will Smith made an appearance. And they all like took turns wow. just having their own, their own chance at the mic. Wow. What I would give to be a fly That's on that wall just to hear- Oh, man. Oh, I haven't heard anything. Well, it blew my mind because I thought I saw a picture of LeBron and John Mayer. And I thought, eh, that's probably not right. And then wow. later it was like, with two, LeBron said, with two legends, Chappelle and Mayer. And I was like, oh, my God. That that's is crazy. awesome. That is why my man went to L.A. It wasn't for basketball. Well, it was to go yeah. make Space Jam 2 and to go on concerts with Dave Chappelle and John Mayer yeah. at a random bar on a Saturday night because that's what happens in L.A. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can't can't blame him. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Be, I, I as Dad used to say, I ain't mad at you. I have a love for you. Do you he's think, he's living his best life and getting paid millions to do it. I mean, go for it. But so to go on to what we're listening to, I'll, I'll go ahead and start off. And I I kind of have two. I only have one really, but then one creeped up uh, Friday night, Friday morning while I was at work, and I just got to throw it on there. Another another Tiny Desk concert came out. And it was my boy, Hobo Johnson and the Love Makers. Oh, no. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I was just like, I was like, I haven't looked at a Tiny Desk concert in a while. So I just typed it on YouTube and that was the newest one. I was like, oh, snap. Oh, God. And my boy was on there and it was good. It was really good. I would suggest anyone to go listen to it. We'll put it on the show notes. Did he, have, did he just, do Orange Scone? Yeah. They oh. gave him some Orange Scones. They like actually <laughs> presented him with some. But. What I've been listening to, and I, I'm late. I'm going to go ahead and I've seen a couple people tweet about it, and I was like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I finally got to it. No name, 
put out a new album, Room 25. Man. Yeah. Shout out. The reason, the reason I've, so I've seen it by a couple people, but the reason I went and listened to it, shout out to my boy, Hank, AKA The Truth. He, he was, he was tweeting yeah. about it and I was like, all right, all right, let me go check this out. Cause I know the man my boy here Hank at the top and bottom name. of the show. So I had yeah. to go check out, I had to go check out No Name. And I'm telling you, I've listened to that album probably three times in the past week. No Name's Really great. good album. Apparently. No Name Gypsy. It, it, I don't. I don't know if this gets left in or not, but I just found out that she has a tiny desk concert. So I know what I'm doing as soon as we get off the recording. It's good. As I'm about to go listen to that. Yeah. Uh, But no name. I've been listening to no name. I just love her ever since, ever since that uh, sparring thing she did with uh, chance that Israel song. I've been all about her. She's cool. Her album's good, but that's what I've been on. So LJ, what what have you been on? Uh, Okay. So this is for a show. It's actually the curtain call. in one of the shows I'm doing Uh, honey body by Kishi Bashi. Like you guys, I'm serious. Both need to listen to this song. It is an, it just is. It's a, it, it's a smile. It is the audio version of a smile. Oh, hmm. Well, that's awesome. So check it out. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm listening to, but okay. So now uh, let me, let me fix what I said a second ago. When I get done, as soon as we get done recording, I have two things I have to listen to now because <laughs> it's already pulled up. Both, both are pulled up on separate tabs here. Dad, it's been, it's been kind of, I know you've been dealing with the same weather. I have it's been gloomy and nasty. Have you got any chance to listen to any music or no, it's not music, but I, I will share a podcast that I listen to that I really like and it's Malcolm Gladwell. No, no, <laughs> no. He unfortunately he hadn't come out with the fourth season of Revisionist History yet. I'm waiting with bated breath. Trust me. I will know. Trust me, listeners, when he does, you, you will, will know. know. Dad <laughs> will make that known. But but no, I listened it and I know uh, Kevin likes him. We kind of texted a little bit and LJ, I think you liked him, but so Bill Simmons did one with Steve Nash and I'm, okay. I think I think BS needs to promote us. We we give him a plug. Well, I want to tell you, He's just Steve good. Nash is one of my favorite players of all time. I just really I loved his game. I, I liked the way he would always listen to a question and answer it honestly. He didn't give you cliche bullshit answers. He was just I, I like him a lot. And he and Simmons had a really good yeah. podcast. Uh, about some things. You could hear the the appreciation he had for Steve Kerr and Pops, uh, Popovich. And I just, I think Kevin brought up and how, the game. And just, just the, and game. the game in general. I mean, what it would be like yeah. to, to sit around with Popovich and Steve Kerr and Steve Nash and, and maybe even throw Bill Simmons in there, you know, and, and us. Yeah. Oh, God, that would be so much fun. So uh, anyway, Bill Simmons has a has a good, uh, good podcast. He'd happen to have Steve Nash on there and it was really good. So I'll say, I think Steve Nash is like widely loved, widely respected, and still somehow underrated. Like just you know, one I, of the think I think you're I think you're right. I think you're right. So he got two MVPs, which is still it's surprising me to know that he's he's won two MVPs. Yeah. But I think he is a little underrated. People forget like he was and I know if my boy if my and boy Davis is still yeah, if my boy Davis is still listening right now, then he is just he's agreeing, he's nodding his head. But Nash was amazing and he and my and Mike D'Antoni changed the way the basketball is played. They started where we're at today. That's right. And Nash yeah. really, Nash, yeah. I, th- I don't really know what he averaged, probably 20 and 11 or 20 and 12. He could have averaged 30. If he would have, he was amazing. And he talks yeah. about it, how it was so hard for him to shoot. As dad said, that pod's up there. I know a couple of pods ago, dad talked about how he wants his quarterback to be someone he wants to go have a beer with. Well, if you want your point guard to be the same way, then Steve Nash is your boy. I would love to go boy. sit down Fair with, enough. with Steve Nash. Yeah. Well, I'd like to go to LeBron's parties, though. I don't <laughs> well, know. They'd be pretty fun, too. True. True. True that. I'm going to ask Steve Nash if we can go hang out, and then after we get done, can we try to, like, can he get us in to LeBron's party? Because <laughs> I bet LeBron's a little younger. Maybe he starts the party a little after, you know? Well, that's, the after party. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So, 
We're going to wrap it up. I wanted to do something. We've not done this before, but so this pod, we're recording this Sunday night and this pod comes out. It'll it'll be out on Tuesday morning. So I want to do Tuesday morning's headline today. So after the Monday night football game between Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay, I want to I want to get a a headline from you guys. What what are we going to be talking about? Do, LJ, do you have anything? Uh, it'll be uh It'll be on the cover of what's what's a Pittsburgh newspaper. It's going to be like uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 70 years old, question mark. (laughs) And that'll be the headline. Yeah, he's he's done. We'll find out after Monday. He is not going to make him. Are are you saying that Roethlisberger is going to suck it up on Monday night and and you'll be vindicated? Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Let's see what happens. Interesting. I'm I'm bold. (laughs) So I was going to go the. Well, Dad, I'll let you go. Do you have one or you want me to go? Well, no, I mean, I'll say I think it's going to be an ode to the old heart song. They're going to go the magic man. Fitz magic is going to have another good night game tomorrow night. And it's going to be the magic man uh, made it happen again. That's that's what I think. What a song. Our, our luck, it'll be uh, Le'Veon Bell traded to Buccaneers before the game. Biggest surprise <laughs> ever or something like so that. So the headline, if Le'Veon, they are, they are fielding trade offers now. If Le'Veon Bell gets traded regardless of that game, that's the headline. But yeah. I'll go. I think I'm going to go with, and I know Uncle Tone's going to like this when he hears it, but I think some, I don't know why, but this weird locker room and Mike Tomlin, I think they kind of like work the best when all this weird adversity and shit's just crazy. I think they put on a show. The defense finally shows up for the first time in forever and Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic becomes Fitzpatrick again and realize mm-hmm. he's a Harvard grad and not Connor McGregor. And I think, I, I think I, that's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go on a limb and say the Steelers crush the Buccaneers and right, Fitzmagic we'll does not look good. So we're all on different boats here. I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun to come back on Tuesday and eat yeah. whatever curl we have to eat. Someone's so. going to have to. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a drone blocks blocks a field goal. That'd be uh, perfect for Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, and, and Mike Tomlin or Omar Epps or Mike Tomlin, whichever one he is, he'll he'll whichever say, one's I told coaching you the so. Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> but it'll turn out to be a Steelers player that's flying the drone because you know that's why it was outside of campus. It's just Le'Veon a toy. Bell, and then he's trying to take the next day. Oh. <laughs> He's got a little. No, what he's got is he's got a little toy, uh, uh, Antonio Brown. So he keeps practicing bringing it to training camp and dropping it off with the drone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting into the weeds. Right, I don't yeah. know what to yeah. say. All right, guys, <laughs> this that's it for the the just press play pod. Uh, just subscribe, download. You can hit us up on uh, Twitter or Facebook. Just type in just press play and we'll pop up. And uh, that's it for me, guys. Y'all got anything else? I'm done. I'm good. All right. All right. Peace, Peace out. Peace out. Sorry about this terrible recording. God, Kevin. Why do we uh, play him, LJ? Oh, know, we don't. That's right. I didn't know she had a tweet down. She has a she has a tiny desk concert too. What? See, now we're just Kevin's browsing the internet, and that's a part of the podcast yeah. here. Yeah. I'm gonna so, leave this right. in so the audience can know the bullshit that we put Thank up with you. every Thank week. You. We always so, put in some of dad's like tech issues, but here's Kevin's issues. <laughs>